You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. We are so glad that you make Locked On ACC your first listen each and every day. It's Tuesday, so you know I'm rocking with J.J. Jackson from Locked On Blue Devils. Got a lot to go over today. We have various teams who went into week five thinking they were going to get some dubs, found a couple losses, and other teams that we saw some improvement. We'll go all, all over that on today's show. J.J. Jackson, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you had a great start to your week. Yeah, Candice, it's been awesome so far. we got a lot of good games to recap still on this Tuesday. Tuesdays are great. I love the way we've kind of set up the format of this show to be able to take the first two days of the week to recap college football. Because I'll tell you what, I'm like we can get to Thursday and Friday, and oftentimes I'm still talking about what we saw the week before. So I've still got plenty of thoughts on the action we saw this past Saturday. And I can't wait to get into them. No doubt. So as we do every single Tuesday, we go over the Atlantic Division teams, then the Coastal, and then finally the best game of the weekend or some final thoughts. You never know how we get down on that last segment, but we're here for you. So let's talk about Florida State, you know, to kick off things in the Atlantic. They face a good Syracuse team. Syracuse looking for its first win in Tallahassee, but it is still looking for its first win in Tallahassee after coming up short. I want to get initial thoughts as I pull up scores here. I want to know, just for you, in an atmosphere where you're going in trying to beat a team, you're trying to go into a very hostile territory, what are your thoughts and emotions around, okay, I've never done this before, but maybe today's the day because that team isn't exactly stellar right now. Do you feel like you have a, a better chance doing so? It's such a fine line, Candace, that I think we talk about in sports and particularly at the collegiate level because you're playing at a venue every other year, right? And there are such long streaks in college football, having never won there before. But for most of the players on your roster, there may be just, you know, 0-1 in a venue like that. But still, there's just this huge cloud over your head uh, that you're trying to win. You know, we saw the the big, big, big series in, in college football about five or six years ago where the Florida Gators and Kentucky Wildcats never saw Kentucky win, period. That doesn't necessarily affect every Kentucky football player on the team because they can only speak for the years that they were there. Ultimately, they were able to win, and they beat them this year even. So they've been able to kind of level things back out. But for Syracuse, the players on this roster, they're only going there every other year to play in a contest like this. And so it makes that all the more difficult to be able to get the job done. And look, to have a last-second field goal made from 34 yards out with Ryan Fitzgerald uh, knocking it through for Florida State, that's heartbreaking. That's a heartbreaking way to go out for the Syracuse team, who I thought was coming off a really impressive win over Liberty. And here's yeah. just one minor step back. But um, Florida State, someone we talk about as well. We'll get to them at for, at some point. But what a win for them, too. I think that ultimately, you know, it's a great win for Florida State, winning 33-30. to 30. But you do have to give it up for Syracuse and the fact that they finally picked a quarterback. Garrett Strayer having a day with 150 yards. But man, he could move. He had a motor. He was running all over, you know, uh, Florida State with 137 rushing yards. I think 
what you saw from him was the grit that you hope to see more consistently from a Syracuse team, right? Sean Tucker was getting stuffed a little bit more than he probably is used to, but he found ways. There was a point in the game where it was a fourth quarter, you pinned, you uh, had the camera pinned to him, and he was literally looked exhausted, right? He was going, you know, full motor, trying to give his all to this team, and he just looked completely gassed. They were saying how the sun was literally over the stadium the entire game. But I think it just came down to a matter of want to. And, you know, Florida State needed that one extra step, that one. I mean, we haven't won a game yet, <laughs> right? You're looking for your one time to feel good about yourself. You damn sure don't want to get an L against Syracuse. Because I think borderline, a lot of them put them with, like, the Jacksonville State kind of losses or wins. Like, you don't want – these are games you're just not supposed to lose. Yeah, I mean, I got look. I got to get with uh, I got to get with my buddy Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse and, and another one of our members here on Locked On ACC because I'm seeing so many parallels right now between Syracuse and Duke and the run that they've been on two straight weeks now, Candace. That we've seen, you know, we've argued the best two running backs in the conference. I've said Sean Tucker from Syracuse and Mateo Durant. Sean Tucker, right. a little bit of an off night on Saturday. Well, that's because Garrett Schrader was running the football so well with three rushing touchdowns. Last week, it was Mateo Durant that had a bit of an off night. Well, that's because his quarterback, Gunnar Holmberg, ran it in for four touchdowns. So the quarterbacks are doing it all with their legs so far this season. And you're right, it does seem like Syracuse has finally settled in on a quarterback. Garrett Schrader had a lot of positive moments uh, while being the quarterback at Mississippi State and playing at that SEC level. Now he looks really comfortable playing for Syracuse, but they came up just a few points short. Yeah. Do you feel as if Jordan Travis switching gears, talking about Florida State here, the quarterback who had, he, you know, has 932 yards. I think it's an FSU quarterback rushing uh, record. I would love to know your thoughts about Florida State getting their first win. Is the, are the tides changing? Do you feel as if Norvell's finally figuring it out or is it more so? Hey, I mean, it's a win against Syracuse. Relax. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that you want to hype it up to be something, and it's a conference win. At the end of the day, you can celebrate all the ACC wins that you get. That's what you're measured by at the end of the year. But in terms of confidence and carrying that over, it's not going to get any easier because next thing you do is you got to go on the road. you got to go up to Chapel Hill, and uh, congrats. Now you're playing the best quarterback in the conference, and Sam Howell, with all the weapons that he's got. So that doesn't make things as easy for Florida State. Then come back home, you play a UMass team that you better take care of. You should have taken care of Jacksonville State. You weren't able to do that. So we'll see if Florida State's able to, to do that versus UMass. And it's just been so much flip-flopping between the two quarterbacks, between Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton. Look, Jordan Travis had a really good game versus Syracuse, but is he going to be able to do it versus North Carolina? And when he struggles versus North Carolina, if he does, are you then going to go right back to Mackenzie Milton? I think Mike Norvell has sort of messed up this quarterback situation, flipping between the two quarterbacks so frequently as opposed to truly committing to one and helping him navigate the ebbs and flows of a college football season. Oh, man, it sounds like he was calling uh, Dino Babers and like, what should I do? Should I find myself <laughs> a consistent quarterback and stick with that bad boy? <laughs> Probably so. It will fare better for me. And look how much it ended up faring for uh, – Ugh, I almost said Wake Forest, Florida State in the end. So I think that's, you know, a great point to say consistency is key. Guys get in the rhythm. They learn their groove. It's not always perfect, but that's just the nature of the college beast. So, again, 
if you stick with and trust, guys feel like they can really perform better when they feel like the coach has confidence in them. So no doubt. good point there, JJ. Let's also talk about the fact that Wake Forest went into Winston-Salem, had a nice home matchup against Louisville, came out victorious, right, 37-34. to 34. I would love to hear your thoughts on Wake Forest, a now 5-0 team. They have the best record in the ACC, and Sam Hartman's playing wonderfully. You got a defense playing decent. Should we be on notice about the Demon Deacons? Yeah, it's time to give them love. I mean, look, they're in the top 25. Um, Clemson continues to struggle a little bit, and, and Wake Forest kind of is the flag bearer right now for excellent ACC football teams in the conference. And unbeaten, that's got to mean something. You're picking up conference wins at this point. We've talked about Sam Hartman a lot. He finds ways to win football games. This game versus Louisville, you only win by three, but a win is a win at the end of the day, particularly when it comes to conference play. So you've got to be able to take that if uh, if you're Syria, or excuse me if you're Wake Forest and uh, move forward. I think you got to be thrilled with the football you're playing right now to start the year. Yeah, and just taking a step back, I know we absolutely thought Wake Forest was going to be the best team in the ACC. I just know we all said that. We knew Sam Hart was going to be the Sam that we talked about throughout this season dominating. I. I absolutely knew that. But, of course, there was a questionable play call during the game, whether or not uh, Wake Forest had an extra opportunity to kick. A lot of conversations around, you know, ACC officials, and it's always going to be that chirping. But ultimately, Louisville let their defense let Wake Forest stay in those games. They got caught sleeping at the wheel plenty of times. Now, I did see some great stuff from Jalen Mitchell and Malik Cunningham, but overall, I'm impressed. By Wake Forest, right? They fell asleep Period. to me a little bit in the first half defensively, but they wake they woke up second half and figured it out, really made those nice in-game adjustments. And now we're looking again at a five and oh team who's rolling, who look who has the confidence. Like a lot of teams in the ACC to me don't look confident. They're just like, oh, just glad we got one. But Wake Forest is like, okay, yeah, we're feeling ourselves. Now I think their biggest matchup is gonna be against NC State because that's really okay, who's going to take the Atlantic? I don't know that uh, Clemson is going to ultimately pull this one out, but there's still a lot of game left. <laughs> However, I do kind of have to give, again, credit to Wake Forest and seeing if they can, like, they don't have that many more games left in the season that I think are going to be big roadblocks, but they still have to play teams like Duke, who could upset a few things, right? NC State, who could upset a few things, but it's all going to come down to their play and playing teams like Syracuse as well. You tip your cap to Wake Forest for what they were able to do to find a way to win the football game. Malik or Malik Cunningham drives down for Louisville. A great touchdown drive with three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter to make it 34-34. Well, fortunately for Wake Forest, you've got Sam Hartman as your quarterback who's so calm, so cool, so collective. And he goes down and leads you to your game-winning field goal drive. You're able to knock it through with 22 seconds. So officiating is something that you always want to bring up in games sometimes when you feel like you came up on the losing end of things. But ultimately, your defense puts you in that position, not coming up with enough plays to get off the field. And Wake Forest took advantage of that, and they found a way to win the football game. So uh, tip of the cap to the Demon Dinkins. No doubt. We got to give it up to our uh, kickers out here because they're far too between being excellent. <laughs> so Mr. Skiba doing his thing for the Demon Deacons. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about prize picks? The daily fantasy made easy. Prize pick offers props, any prop that you can think of, right? From yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times 
on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And then today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto part customers for over 20 years. If you want to get everything right with your car, they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. We encourage you to discover your own car part needs, discover how Rock Auto can help and share with the fact that I'm telling you and you can be assured that it's a good explorer and easy to use to go to their website today to find a solution for your auto part needs. Again, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com. All right, we're back with J.J. Jackson, and we are talking through some great teams here. We got a little Atlantic Division conversation rolling, but now let's turn our attention to the Coastal Division, okay? UNC, Duke, Virginia, those are the teams we're going to cover here. And I just would love to know, UNC, Duke game, had opportunity to go on Locked on Blue Devils. Of course, being a Tar Heel myself, covering the heels for a little bit, and now the entire ACC, I'm just happy that, you know, I was going to say it was a game, but it really wasn't, JJ. I hate to break it to you. It really wasn't. It's two years in a row that it hasn't really been a game. And I'm always here for a little spice. But as a Blue Devil, you know, covering the Blue Devils, what would you say to your Blue Devil nation in terms of this rivalry? Should we just hang it up? We need a new coach, pack it in the mail, we're gone. Or, you know, we'll get them next year and we'll actually have a viable chance. Yeah, look, I think there are obviously a lot of takeaways from this game, and obviously David Cutcliffe's job status is something that people want to talk about because he is getting older. This past month in September, he turned 67 years old, and that's honestly a big topic of conversation, what the future looks like for Duke football. Coach Cutcliffe seems really excited to still be in the business coaching and that sort of thing, and we knew going into the year that North Carolina was the best team in this division, and that played out on Saturday versus the rival. They played a great game. Look, you're right. It wasn't competitive at all. I will remind folks that it was a 7 nothing ball game at the end of the first quarter, and Duke had a couple of costly mistakes and uh, did not execute on third down early in that first quarter to make the game a little bit more competitive. Possibly the second touchdown for North Carolina when Duke is trying to put together a drive, and Mateo Duran is averaging over 10 yards a carry through his first nine carries in the game. That drive ends with Gunnar Holmberg fumbling and then Trey Morrison picking it up and running it back 63 yards the other way. That was a huge momentum shift. It deflated the entire Duke football team, which they've got to be able to correct. Uh, but uh, I thought the game was a little bit more competitive early. But you know, once we got into the later portions of the second quarter, and honestly the entire second half, it wasn't much of a contest. Okay, I'll give you that. We got first half competitiveness. But I will say when we're talking about age, you know, Mac Brown hitting 70 as well. So they're like the two yeah. oldest college coaches. Or they're the two oldest coaches in college football. So when I see some of the play calling when it comes to Carolina, I'm scratching my head as well. So I'm right there with you when it's like, okay, I love you, but like maybe we need to figure, you know, some things out on the <laughs> coach's level. So no argument from me there. But I will say, 
You know, I expected more from the run game. I thought Mateo Durant was going to be a huge problem. It sucks that we didn't get to see him kind of run the gamut on that, you know, in the second half, especially. I know, you know, people want to make adjustments and they want to go to the air, but man, you have a weapon like that. You've got to capitalize on someone like Mateo Durant. You can't afford to just, you know, use him as a backup when he is your main thing. No, yeah. I mean, you've got to find a way to get them the football, period. At the end of the day, I think when Duke watches the film back, they're going to be a little frustrated uh, in their inability to, to keep feeding Mateo the football. That was their decision that they made to kind of take him out of it and wanted to see if Jordan Waters could be much of a spark. He really wasn't. Six carries for 19 yards. Another 100-yard rushing game for Mateo Durant. But the first game of the season, he didn't find the end zone. So kudos to UNC for keeping him out of the end zone. He has a lot of parties there uh, there with the scoring a lot of touchdowns this season. Uh, but to, no, going forward, this Duke football team, if they want to be their best version of themselves each and every week, I fully believe that involves giving Mateo Durant a heavy dose of the load. A hundred percent agree. Now let's flip finally to Virginia in Miami. If you guys didn't hear on Monday's show, Virginia Tech had a bye week, so we didn't get to cover them. But got some leap six action. So all the Virginia folks who love to listen to about Virginia, Virginia Tech, here we go. They played Miami, right? Came down to the wire. Shank punt from Miami side. They should have lost that game, in my opinion, because I can't even believe they let Miami get back into the game. But Virginia's defense, I mean, you got to credit them for holding their own. But at the same time, when you have a guy like Brennan Armstrong doing everything he can to make your squad look good, don't you think at some point, like on the other side of the ball, you want to step up and kind of make yourself, your presence known a little bit more? I think that playing Miami, this, this was their opportunity, and I still think they didn't get it done as well as they could have. Yeah, you look back at this game for Virginia's perspective, and Brennan Armstrong only throws for 268 yards, Candace. That's a pretty good football game. But for Brendan Armstrong's numbers and what we're used to out of him this season with the number of 400-yard games already, that's a really down game. And so, like, if you would have told a Miami fan that and they were really following the Virginia numbers, I think you would have felt a little bit better about uh, what they were able to do. But they ran the football well, did the Virginia Cavaliers. And, uh, look, they took advantage of some miscues from Miami in that football game and were able to walk away with a win. And led by nine, Miami gets a touchdown late to make the score a little bit better. Uh, with that two-point loss. Uh, but, to, yeah, tip of the cap to Virginia for what they've been able to do this season and picking up a good win like this versus Miami. And, you know, I really would love Miami to stop, as I said on Monday show, and Kidman really honed in on this, stop using the turnover chain when you're, like, <laughs> down. <laughs> you need to make a rule. If you're down by Not two or more touchdowns, you can't use the turnover chain because you just have to get mentally back in the game. I know it's supposed to be an interview saver, but – when you look at total yards, right, Virginia had 449 to Miami's 372. I think that overall, when it came to third and fourth down efficiency, Virginia just got it done, right? Miami was just skating by. And the fact that you didn't have the Eric King in the game lets me further know that this young man is probably saying thank you and good night to this program. I know he wants to give his all, but he's literally sacrificed his body for two seasons now in order to try and make you guys be in – top of conversations are quote-unquote Miami is back energy, right? So I think it, it was a nice try, and it just didn't work out, and that's unfortunate. But don't put that kid back in that game. <laughs> like, don't force him to 
continue trying to be something to where I think may, like we need a new coach coming in. I feel like Manny Diaz is on his way out. He's not going to save your season. No, I, I thought that, you know, Derek King was going to be able to get a lot of great things done this season for Miami. It was impressive enough that he put himself in a position to play football given the injury that he sustained last season and to come back as quickly as he did. But, yeah, Manny Diaz is someone that, uh, look, at a school like Miami, they've got really, really high expectations year in, year out. You have to wonder, like, how quick or how much longer can he hold on to a job like this before they make a change? And then you also worry, as we've seen at, at you know, big schools in the past, somewhere like Tennessee, making a, a coaching change so quickly and realizing, okay, we're never actually going to have it as good as we have. And at a certain point, changing coaches over and over again, trying to find the right guy, can actually be worse for your program than writing it out through the tough years with the current coach. Do you think Miami should write it out with Manny Diaz? That's a fair question to ask. I mean, <laughs> you're really putting me on the spot with that one. <laughs> I, do, I do want to see what the rest of the year looks like. Mm -hmm. I want to see if they are able to turn a corner because, look, Derek King's no longer your quarterback right now. He's hurt, right? And um, we'll, we'll see what ultimately becomes of that. Let's see what this Miami team can do to close out the season. Can they continue to fight for their head coach? Can Manny Diaz and his staff make adjustments, put their team in a position to win football games before you make a call? Okay, fair man. I, I like that you like to give love and hope to people. So I'm, I'm all about not firing if we don't have to. I'm forever an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to do that. I would love to know your best weekend, best game of the weekend here, and also you know final closing thoughts. After I remind you guys about Ben Online, the number one spot for all the pro and college football action. All right. So if you are looking to bet this season, make sure that you hit up Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It is great to head over to the website, use your mobile device time today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for your 2021 season. Bet online or where the game starts. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that haven't or aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, reason it is absolutely embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that, you know, I've had some friends who have dealt with this. When they're going out speaking in public, they can't help but sweat through their shirt. Now listen, I know for them it wasn't life or death, but there are worse problems in the world. But let's be honest. The moment that you want to be confident, you don't want to feel like you are sweating through your clothes. Nobody likes to pit out during important moments. And listen, I think I have the solution for you. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. It's guaranteed. I know this sounds a little too good to be true. But I've literally heard and got recommendations for only people who use sweat block once or twice a week. Keeps them dry the whole time and no more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on the one that will hide sweat the best. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today or go to uh, 
Amazon or CVS, use promo code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off your latest order. All right, so we're finishing up the show with JJ Jackson, and we want to make sure you guys are well equipped heading into the weekend. But first, final thoughts around week five. Was there a game in particular that stood out to you? Yeah, I, I don't get to talk about Pittsburgh uh, with you, Candace. That's a that's a school that you obviously handle on Monday with Kenton and Love yeah. listening to what you guys have to say about them. But what a win, you know, like a really, really impressive win for Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett is outstanding. And like the Duke Blue Devils, Pittsburgh started their season by playing four consecutive non-conference games. And you always wonder, is that going to hurt you when you jump into ACC play later in the season as opposed to your opponents who have had ACC matchups already? It's just a different play style. It's a different level of competition. The games just really mean more. And Georgia Tech comes off this incredible win a week ago versus North Carolina. That didn't matter. Like, Pittsburgh did not care and took them and just beat them bad. And uh, I was just really impressed with what I saw out of Pittsburgh, and I'm really curious to see how they can continue this uh, moving forward. You get a win like that, now you go into a bye week this week before going back on the road to play Virginia Tech. Like, I'm Pittsburgh's a team I'm going to keep my eyes on out over the next few weeks. Listen – at the end of the day, we always talk about how crazy the Coastal is. And if that wasn't two best examples of why the Coastal is absolutely nuts, I don't know what is. Because you <laughs> also see a Carolina team who got trounced by Georgia Tech and came back and beat a Duke. You see a Georgia Tech team who can't quite figure it out. And they were supposed to be the biggest defensive challenge for the Pittsburgh Panthers, and they didn't even hold a candle. So I'm just saying, when I say it's up in the air and it's anybody's game and anyone's to lose, Virginia Tech coming off a of bye week, what are they going to do as they go into the weekend, right? It's so many different variables in the play. You're going to have to play your best ball. Weeks seven and eight, I think, are going to be critical for all teams involved in the Coastal. I think everyone's going to have to figure out you know, who they are and a lot of decisions are going to be made. It's not going to be as direct. To me as the Atlantic, but I think that makes it more fun, right? You just never know what you're going to get. Georgia Tech is playing Duke this weekend, and I think that, you know, ultimately Georgia Tech's going to go in either angry and they're going to want to step up and trounce on Duke, or maybe Duke steps up and they figure out how to beat Georgia Tech, right? So it's all a very just lopsided, you never know what you're going to get. Saturday, who wakes up and eats their Cheerios, the best kind yeah. of energy in the coastal. For sure. And look, um, it's something that obviously you're going to be get more results when these games are played and you're going to have a better understanding of the hierarchy in divisions when more games play out. That's just common sense. You've got more results. You'll be able to formulate those opinions. But also keep in mind that over these next two weeks, Candace, we've now reached the point in the football season where the next two weeks we only have five ACC games each mm-hmm. because so many teams are going on their bye weeks and getting some time off. So we've got to wait for more of those awesome matchups to play out as we get closer to November. Here we are just in the 1st of October, but that means, okay, it's time to take a break for a lot of teams and rest a little bit. So not as much football over the next two weeks to kind of sort out all of these uh, division standings and that sort of thing. But that just means more conversations, more reason for us to hype up certain teams uh, because we won't have as much evidence of them losing or that sort of thing. So uh, look, these next couple of weeks are going to be a whole lot of fun. No doubt about it. JJ, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, and I can't wait to talk more football. I can't believe we're already in week five. If you blink, you truly miss it. Can you remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? 
Sure, Locked on Blue Devils every single day, wherever you get your podcast at LO underscore Blue Devils on Twitter for the show. And uh, then I'm JJ Jackson. And follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Thanks, Candice. Of course, no doubt. And again, if you guys want to follow any of the ACC, you've got all of our collective podcasts here. And more important, you can follow Locked on ACC wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and you'll make us your first listen every single day. I can't wait to talk to uh, AJ Black of Boston, Locked On Boston College tomorrow. We've got some power rankings. I know some things have shaken up, and I'm sure he has plenty to talk about from that Boston College Clemson game. We'll look forward to that then. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and until next time.